are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You better buckle up, Dolphins fans. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. Today is Monday, March 15th. Legal tampering period opens today. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll save 15% off your next order of Built Bar. And oh, Nelly, this weekend got a little weird already. Legal tampering period doesn't even open until today at noon. I'm making sure today's podcast gets out early. If you are a post-work listener, enjoy. We got plenty for you to listen to and engage, uh, but you probably will be behind on all of the headlines from the legal tampering period as some of the bigger pieces are quick to move when the floodgates open. Uh, The floodgates for the Miami Dolphins opened rapidly uh, on Sunday with two separate bits of news. The first being the Miami Dolphins have traded defensive end slash linebacker Shaq Lawson to the Houston Texans for inside linebacker Bernardrick McKinney, former second-round pick out of Mississippi State by the Houston Texans in 2015. The other news, uh, a player transaction not involving the Dolphins per se, but domino effects that will reach the Dolphins uh, quite heavily with their 2021 offseason, Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones agreeing to a four-year contract extension with the Green Bay Packers worth up to $48 million. And agent Drew Rosenhaus says they left bigger offers on the table to return to Green Bay. Let's start there. There's more I want to get into with the Bernardrick McKinney transaction. Uh, There's a lot of exciting domino effects for the Dolphins defense to get into there. So we'll start with Aaron Jones. Over the course of the past few weeks on the podcast, we've kind of done a deep dive exploring the potential of paying Aaron Jones and what the appeal would be. And it's paying uh, a low value position in the grand scheme and spectrum of NFL positions and economics paying premier dollar for a low-value position so that you can invest your prized assets in the NFL draft into players of more high-priority positions. That may still come to pass, but if it does, it's not going to come thanks to a mega contract with Aaron Jones. And of course, one of the economic talking points that we had throughout the course of the past few weeks and exploring the possibility of the Dolphins and Aaron Jones was if Aaron Jones hit free agency, the odds of him hitting one of these $12, $13 million contracts was significantly lower. Well, if Drew Rosenhaus isn't just blowing smoke, and Aaron Jones was indeed going to get bigger offers from other teams, and the Dolphins were widely considered consensus as the number one contender to compete with Green Bay for Aaron Jones. If they were going to get bigger offers than four years, $48 million max value, then the Miami Dolphins need to send the Green Bay Packers a thank you card. 
because that's not the economics that I can get on board with for signing a player. Now, maybe Miami would have given higher fully guaranteed money. I know a lot of the dollars in the Packers contract with Jones is incentive-based. So maybe that's how Miami hoped to compete without hitting that $13 million annual average salary. But if that's your spending window, more power to you, Green Bay. Best of luck to you, Aaron Jones. We're going to go a different direction. So we'll take this one in stride. Now, inevitably, there are a number of domino effects we will see take place here, including how the Dolphins choose to invest uh, their early NFL draft capital. Are they drafting for need at all? Or is this a team that is going to continue to draft best player available, much like they did in 2020, and get creative if they have to? The good news is I look at the free agent class of running backs, and there's still some options that I'm not going to turn my nose up to. Philip Lindsay over in Denver. Uh, he's not a big back, but he's been a productive back since he was an undrafted running back out of Colorado. Runs in the four threes. Denver has teased that they're going to hit him with a restricted free agent tender. I have not seen any headlines as of me recording this on Sunday afternoon uh, that give me the confirmation I'm looking for, that they have indeed done that. And then you have other names like Mike Davis from Carolina, Chris Carson from Seattle, Leonard Fournette from Tampa Bay, James Conner from Pittsburgh, Green, Green Bay's other running back, Jamal Williams. Now, let me be completely transparent. I don't like some of these options, but they are options for the Dolphins. James Conner is a good example. James Conner's style of play fits the Dolphins, but James Conner has never played 16 games in an NFL season. He's always missed time. He's never had a 1,000-yard season. In his best season, he's hoping to get paid off his 2018 Pro Bowl season in which he didn't even have 1,000 yards rushing. Paying a guy like that scares the crap out of me. Paying a guy like Leonard Fournette scares the crap out of me. Fournette played in 13 games this past year. Fournette hoping to rehab his image after uh, he abruptly parted ways uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars just three years after they used a top-five draft selection to draft Leonard Fournette. But Leonard Fournette has 763 carries in four seasons and an average yards per carry of 3.9 yards. Paying a guy like that, who would be on his third team uh, in three years and flopped as a first-round pick, a top-five pick, scares the crap out of me. Jamal Williams is the economic option here. 505 rushing yards, 236 receiving yards, three touchdowns this past season, 14 games played, 213 pound back, 500 career carries, uh, so low tread on the tires. He'll turn 26 next month. Effective in pass protection. He'll give the Dolphins' backfield a little dynamic versus what they don't have. So if you want to go economic and go get a big guy, and we've been looking for a big guy between Jordan Howard and Kalen Balage and all these flops. Jamal Williams, you could do a lot worse then, and he's going to be economic. He's only going to be a couple million dollars a year. Signing Mike Davis scares the crap out of me. Davis stepped in for Christian McCaffrey, had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage in 15 games played and eight touchdowns, but 2020 was just the second time in Davis's career, and he's been in the league since 2015, that he's had any notable production whatsoever. 
his yards from scrimmage per season since he's come into the league. 96 in a whole year. 75 in a whole year. 371. Okay. 728. Okay, good. 2019 between Chicago and Carolina, 49. And then 1,000 and 15 this past season. His career yards per attempt, 3.7. Paying a guy like that, even though he's 5'9", 220, and his build and running style fits what the Dolphins want to do, paying a guy like that, coming off of a career year, scares the crap out of me. Which brings us to Chris Carson, who I think is my favorite option if the Dolphins are going to spend a Jordan Howard-sized contract. Uh, Carson, he gets a knock for durability, uh, but Carson, he's been in the league for four years now. Uh, He has not played in 16 games in any of his career seasons, but the last three seasons he's played in 14, 15, and 12. So 41 games out of a possible, not a math guy, 48. Notable number of games. And, 2018, he had 1,314 yards from scrimmage and nine touchdowns. 2019, played in 15 games, had 1,230 rushing yards, 1,496 yards from scrimmage. Missed four games in 2012 and had 968 and nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns in each of the last three seasons. A little bit of a fumble issue. Former seventh-round pick, 5'11", 225. He'll be 27 in September. So, Miami, let's pivot. We're going to have to go with a little bit more of a committee thing, and that's fine. you got some capable backs with Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed. But go get Chris Carson. And then let's see how the board falls to us. But don't, I would hate if they didn't sign anybody, and then it's just, okay, we have to draft a back at 18 because we can't afford to come up empty. I think that's the worst thing you could do. Make an investment here. Pick a guy, even if it's Jamal Williams, even if it's one of these lower tier guys. Make an investment and then let the board fall however it may, whether it's 18 or 36 or whatever it is in the draft order. And let's go get a back that way. But it won't be Aaron Jones. Football season may be over, but Bet Online still has plenty of sports action for you to get in on. It's the fastest and easiest way to get on all your sports bets. But you can also get in on awards, television shows, and reality TV, not to mention March Madness. It's March. College basketball, the tournament just set. Plenty of sports in full swing for you to get your fix. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On. Transitioning to the other news of the day yesterday, the Miami Dolphins trading... Shaq Lawson for Bernardrick McKinney. Here's what you need to know about Bernardrick McKinney. Former top 50 pick, listed at 6 foot 4, 257 pounds. He's 28 years old. He's going to be due 7.2 million dollars 
in 2021. He's playing on a second contract, uh, and he will not have any guarantees over each of the next three seasons that he is under contract with the Dolphins now. He missed significant time for the first time in 2020. He played in four games. But the four seasons before that, McKinney logged 129 tackles, 95 tackles, 105 tackles, 101 tackles, with a grand total of 10.5 sacks over those four years. He had a grand total of 28 quarterback hits in those four years. He had 27 tackles for loss over those four years. Had four forced fumbles. And he had 13 passes defensed. This is a player, Bernardrick McKinney, who is capable of playing on all three downs at a significantly higher rate than the other inside linebackers the Brian Flores era has attempted to implement and, in turn, circumvent with their snap counts. Do you remember Raquan McMillan in 2019? He played 46% of the snaps. Had to, They had to move heaven and earth to keep him out of coverage because he was bad at it. He had a quarterback rating of over 100 allowed. And the year before Brian Flores got in the picture, in 2018, when he really took a step forward as a run defender, his quarterback rating allowed was in the 130s. So Raquan McMillan, established, cannot cover the pass. So they, they trade Raquan McMillan the beginning of the season, and they let Elan and Roberts take over that role. And Elan and Roberts turns around and puts out a season that is arguably just as lopsided. He played in 39% of the snaps. Now, granted, he was injured early, so he didn't get a chance to finish the season. But his splits were approximately the same as that in which you saw from Raquel McMillan. And his quarterback passer rating allowed was in the 130s. So the Dolphins inside linebackers, just, you know, no matter how the Dolphins have tried to isolate these inside linebackers, they can't put them on the field on third down, and they can't cover at all. Bernardrick McKinney, on the other hand, uh, he has third down value, but in a very different kind of way. So he had a down year in coverage in 2019. He allowed five touchdowns in coverage. Uh, He was targeted 39 times, gave up 35 completions. But the year before that, only 65% completion percentage. He was targeted 43 times in 2018. He made the Pro Bowl this season. Had a quarterback rating allowed of 86 in coverage. Only allowed one touchdown. When you think about his size, he's really physical between the tackles. He's 260-pound inside linebacker. Think about all those things we want to say about Zaven Collins. Linebacker from Tulsa that some people want to peg to the Dolphins at 18. This is that player. This is the player that if Zaven Collins develops into the NFL caliber player that we're hoping he could someday, he should aspire 
to end up turning out like Bernardrick McKinney. And Bernardrick McKinney came at the expense of Shaq Lawson in a player swap that had no adverse effect whatsoever on the Dolphins' cap, gave the team more flexibility for 2021 because he has no guarantees on his contract. And he plays his respective position at a higher level than what Shaq Lawson plays as a rusher. Not to mention as a blitzer, he has the opportunity, Bernard McKinney does, to make an equal or greater contribution in the passing game, even on third downs, as a pressure player blitzer. Think about the Dante Hightower role in a Brian Flores, Bill Belichick-styled New England Patriots defense. This is that dude. This is who they got. It's a win as far as I'm concerned because it checks a box. You have a three-down linebacker. Is he a stud in coverage? No. But if you get a chance to get a Baron Browning in the second round, you get a chance to get a Jabril Cox, the coverage linebacker from LSU, in the second round, or even Pete Werner from Ohio State, a little bit of a bigger guy. He's in the 240s with his size. He's played Sam. He's played inside linebacker. You go back and watch 2019 against Clemson. They're actually, one of their counters to motion is he's dropping off the line of scrimmage and he's playing free safety in coverage. He's not the most fluid, but he's comfortable in space. Ohio State had him do plenty of it. This gives you the flexibility, and again, that is the name of the game for this Dolphins offseason. Flexibility. Do not box yourself into corners. That's why I think it's important that the Dolphins do go out and sign a running back at some point. Do not paint yourself into a corner with your draft assets, because in the draft, you just want to be able to pick good players. You don't want to say, well, we have to take Micah Parsons in a trade back if the receivers are gone over Kyle Pitts, positional need. You don't want to say, well, we have to take Zayvon Collins. No, you want to be able to say, well, this is the top guy on our board. He's going to help us win football games. Let's draft him. You guys want to know another really underrated part of this upgrade for the Dolphins at inside linebacker? Elana Roberts. Okay? He started 11 games, played in 13 for the Dolphins. You know how many missed tackles Elana Roberts had in his first year as a featured starter for the Miami Dolphins? He had 11 missed tackles. 15% of his tackle challenges were missed tackles. Go back to 2019. Raekwon McMillan played 46% of the snaps. Passer rating allowed of 102.8. You know how many missed tackles he had? Nine. 11.1%. You want to look at the last two years of Bernardrick McKinney? He's had 10 in the last two years combined. So if you're looking for a bigger, more stout player, which he is, he's bigger than both. McKinney at 6'4", 260 is bigger than Raekwon McMillan by 2 inches and about 20 pounds. And he's bigger than Elaine Roberts by about 4 inches and 20 pounds. He's better in pass coverage. He's a better run defender. He's a better pressure player on third downs. And he's a more consistent tackler. Is he going to shine in coverage? No. You need somebody else for that role. 
But that rotational backer is going to be a lot easier to find. And I'm going to ask you to envision, close your eyes. You remember what the Dolphins did down the stretch last year when they were really heating up opposing offenses and they played these bare and mint fronts where they had down linemen on each of the three interior offensive linemen of opposing teams. Raquan Davis on the nose, Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer over top of each of the guards. Take that wall up front and put Bernardrick McKinney behind it and try to run the football between the tackles. Go ahead. Try to run the football between the tackles. It's not going to happen. He's 260-pound linebacker with length charging downhill. This is an upgrade for Miami. And at $7.2 million this year, a break-even against the cap, it again goes back to how do you structure your contracts. The Dolphins structured a three-year $30 million contract with Shaq Lawson that allowed them to trade him after year one with a $2.5 million cap hit in dead cap. Ideal? No. Do you always want to be trading players one year into a free agent contract after they've been here three years? No. But each of the players that the Dolphins brought in, and I know they're going to get knocked for this. I just know because there's people that want to have the witch hunt on Chris Greer for whatever reason, and that's fine. You have your own prerogatives. You have your own point of view and perspective. But from my perspective, those players signed contracts, came into Miami, made positive contributions to last year's team, the team doubled their win total, and you don't have Bernardrick McKinney if you don't sign Shaq Lawson because you don't have that player to trade. This is an ever-evolving process, and, and being one step ahead of regressions and one step ahead of needs that are going to cripple your team And the Dolphins are not content to just rest on their laurels. They're going to keep moving. And I think they need to be applauded for doing that, even if it is parting ways with players that they brought in just one year ago. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best thanks to Built Bar Madness. We have mint brownie versus toffee today. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will be the best tasting flavor from the world's best tasting protein bar. So I kind of want to put a bow on each of these two headlines here. Uh, Going into free agency, I still want the Dolphins to sign a running back. But the good news is if you're not having to commit 10 or apparently $13 million on Aaron Jones, good, take that money and go sign yourself a good wide receiver or sign yourself an interior offensive lineman who can play center, whether it's Ted Karras or David Andrews or whoever it is, Corey Lindsley, get a starting center, get a running back, get a wide receiver. You're going to have a splash position somewhere. And it seems like with the departures of Kyle Van Noy, who did play predominantly on the outside, and Shaq Lawson, that Miami is setting the table 
to make a some kind of big investment either in the NFL draft or in free agency at the edge defender position. Now, this is good news because if you remember back to the show that we did in which we talked about the punch list of areas for improvement for the Dolphins, we're halfway through the three bullet points on the defensive side of the football. Those three bullet points were find an organic pass rusher. And what I meant by that is somebody capable of winning one-on-ones with consistency game in and game out so that you don't have to bring the house to heat up opposing quarterbacks and get pressure. Because when you face quarterbacks who are good against the blitz and you have to send the blitz to get pressure, you're going to get cooked. A la Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So if you're building a team to beat the Bills, you need more players who can win one-on-ones off the edge. Shaq Lawson being gone opens the door, and Kyle Van Noy's monetary savings, both of those two things open the door for Miami somewhere because they'll address needs either directly on the position with that cash or to address other needs that allows them to invest highly in pass rush. They're going to be bringing in a pass rusher. So the, sta- the table is set to check that box. The other two bo- bullet points were find a nickel corner. Okay, that's still on the to-do list. And figure out your off-ball linebacker situation. Whether it was by committee or by an individual defender. Bernardrick McKinney fixes your run defense in between the tackles. You'll still need stout defender play on the edge. But Bernardrick McKinney, behind Raekwon Davis, is a dream for your interior run defense. Bernardrick McKinney also is physically capable of taking reps in pressure situations as a third down player and would admittedly get you similar results to what Shaq Lawson probably would based on what we saw from Shaq Lawson. These were Bernardrick McKinney's testing numbers from 2015. 33-inch arms, a 4.6640 yard dash at 250 pounds at the time, a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical jump, a 10-feet, 1-inch standing broad jump, a three-cone drill of 7.21 seconds, and a short shuttle of 4.27 seconds. What do those numbers mean? I can hear you asking them. Uh, His 40-yard dash, I'm going to put it in the scope of edge defenders so we can compare apples to apples here instead of apples to oranges. His 40-yard dash of 4.66 was in the 83rd percentile for edge defenders. His vertical jump of 40.5 inches, 97th percentile. His broad jump of 10 feet, 1 inches, 81st percentile. Three-cone drill, 7.21 seconds, the 50th percentile, and his 4.27 short shuttle was in the 80th percentile for edge defenders. If I compared that to Shaq Lawson, with the complete understanding that Shaq Lawson is a very different player on the field with his skill set, but Bernardrick McKinney has been used as the past, as evidenced by the year in which he logged uh, five sacks, that he is capable of playing on the edge as a pressure player. Shaq Lawson, 270 pounds. Shorter arms, 
than Bernardrick McKinney. Uh, a slower 40 time, 4.7 seconds. Uh, he was 7.5 inches shorter on his vertical leap. He had a 33-inch vertical leap. Uh, his broad jump was 10 feet on the dot, so he didn't jump as far as Bernardrick McKinney either. His shuttle times were identical. So Bernardrick McKinney is a comparable athlete, but he plays a position of need for the Dolphins, and he plays his position of need at a higher level than what Shaq Lawson does. Plus, he can bring you third down value. I'm on board. All the way on board. I applaud this move by the Dolphins. I'll be fascinated to see what other directions this team decides to go, what other audibles they choose to call. Don't marry yourself to anything. Don't allow yourself to ride the highs and the lows because it's probably going to be one hell of a crazy week. Because of free agency this week, we are going to push power to the pod to Friday because I would assume throughout the day today the legal tampering period opens at noon we're going to get headlines pertaining to the Miami Dolphins we will have things to talk about tomorrow obviously on Wednesday the league calendar opens at 4 p.m. so Thursday's show we will also have the opportunity to talk about official signings there's going to be a lot to get into so hit subscribe keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins I'm Kyle Krabs thanks as always for listening Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow. Fins up.